joining us today on episode number 69 of the Real Life Runners podcast. Today we're going to talk a little bit about where you come from because where you come from makes a really big deal in your running journey and looking ahead to set the goals for your year of running. So we're going to talk a little about that and how it relates to the year ahead. This is the Real Life Runners podcast and we're your hosts, Kevin and Angie Brown. Thanks for spending some time with us today. Now let's get running. So it's the start of another year and everybody's making their goals. The goals are being made like crazy. Goals and resolutions. Yeah, got to get the resolutions. Some of them are good. Some of them are nice long-term goals. They're solid goals. Some of them will be gone by Valentine's Day at best. Yeah. So happy new year, by the way. <laughs> happy new year 2019. 2019. Can you believe it's 2019 right now? Not at all. Oh my gosh, it's so crazy. So today with the start of a new year and there's a a million things out there on the internet about the clean slate and your goals for the year ahead and all of that. And and all of that is very important. And we've talked a lot about goals on this podcast and setting real realistic goals and well, all of that. Let's be honest. We talk about goals like every other episode. Right. Because it, they are important. But today we also think it's important for us to take a little bit of a look back on where we came from. Because where you came from and the reason that you run and the whole purpose of your running journey makes a really big deal about what kind of goals are going to be the best for you to set this year. I mean, this kind of came from like some side conversations that we've just been having of, you know, people making different observations about, you know, where you are in your runner running journey. Just, you know, we've got the, the Key West half marathon coming up and people talking about, oh, how's that race going to go? You know, what are you expecting to get out of it and things like that? Just and the way you answer questions and the way I answer them are, are very different because mm-hmm. we have very different ways that we entered into running and right. we're at very different places on our running journey. Right. And I think that every runner is different, like should approach this question differently be, based on where they come from and based on what they want to get out of running. Right. But you can't just blindly go. I think that everyone should still try to answer the question about where they are on their running journey. Mm-hmm. You what, know? Do you, what do you mean? Well, periodically check in and figure out like where, where did you come from? What, what kind of motivated you before? What's motivating you now? Like, what is it that brings you to running? What is it that gets you out the door and putting one foot in front of the other day after day? Because mm-hmm. there's people that are going out there and just slogging miles through cold and snow and dark. And and why? You know, mm-hmm. if you're not sure what the point of it is, eventually you're just going to get annoyed with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then you're going to kind of fall off the habit if you don't really know. Yeah, so I think okay. it's it's useful to check in from time to time. Okay. And, you know, it's it's kind of funny because both of us are in sort of a similar place, but it's taken me a lot longer to get there than it's taken you to get there. What do you mean? Well, I mean, you know, we've got this this running podcast and you're you're coaching people and and you've run all of these races, but relative to me you are a very novice runner very much so and i i've run so many fewer races than you have right i mean i've run the majority of my life i remember when i hit that a few years ago that i had (laughs) i had i had more years of running under my belt than years where i was not a a training runner you hit that like 10 years ago i know and it was crazy when i hit it (laughs) (laughs) i know it was a decade ago (laughs) yeah but it was it was really weird to think that I've 
you know, to define myself as a runner when I'd now reached the point in my life where I had been a runner for more than I hadn't. And now mm-hmm. 10 years later, I mean, I'm, I'm coming up on hitting, you know, two thirds of my life as a runner and more and more that you keep getting to a bigger percentage that I am a runner. Right. And it's, I'm not, I'm definitely not the same runner I was mm-hmm. at 14 when I first laced up. And mm-hmm. I swear, even though my dad disputes this, a pair of all white trainers that he bought me. <laughs> <laughs> You've mentioned those all white trainers before. So anyway, let's, let's talk a little bit about your point of view here. Like what, where, like, why did you get into running? And let's talk about that and kind of how that affects the way that you look at running today. Yeah, so when I first got into running, I got into it in high school on a very competitive cross country team. Mm-hmm. The school, you know, in California, cross country running, it's a very competitive scene. And the team was in the largest classification. And the goal was to be at the state meet every single year. Mm-hmm. And not just at the state meet, but be at the state meet and be in like top 10, 15 every single year. Yeah. Like that was, there was who an I was. Expectation of excellence. And, and they were high. Yeah. And, it was up there. So as a freshman, I just kind of like looked up to the seniors on the team and saw where I was aiming for. And as the years progressed, I became one of the leaders on the team. And that's, that's where I was at. I moved to college and I was at a team that was aiming to be at the NCAA championships every single year. You know, there was still this expectation of excellence and my my sort of spot on the team was a little bit different than it was in high school. In high right. school, I, I worked my way up and I helped get to the goals in yeah, college. you were one of the leaders on the team. Right. In college, I was desperately trying to hang on. Yeah. The goals were almost so high that running became more of a frustrating thing. You know, there was right. still and then those... you had the injuries and... Yes, the injuries and other distractions and things. And College? Yes, college. Um... College life. <laughs> and it... It sort of changed my my perspective on it, but it's still it, the competitive nature was there. Mm-hmm. I just I wasn't hitting it the same way as I was high school. I was trying to approach it the same way I was in high school, mm-hmm. but it, I was getting much less satisfaction out of it. Would you say that running was a little bit more outside of yourself at that point in time because it was more about the team and the competitiveness of it? Yes, like through through high school and college, it was mm-hmm. kind of outside of me. The, the team had certain expectations, and you know, you had a time that you were expected to hit, like a time range that is like, well, we need you to finish in this range or finish around this place so that we can beat these teams. So the goals, your goals, were put onto you by someone else. I mean, there was kind of it was internal and external. It was sort of known that you needed to get at least to this place. Yeah, but those times meant something because the the times that you were then expected to hit that you made to be your own goals were the times that your team needed you to hit. They were the te- the times that needed to be run in order for the team to achieve the success that they wanted. Yeah. Like the the coach like That was just the the set number. Like you didn't have any input on what that goal was. The the time on the clock you know, the, the athletes had a lot of influence on 
like, hey, how fast do you want to run? The athletes would kind of come up with a number. Mm-hmm. The coach, he didn't care all that much because if it was a sloppy, wet day or whatever, the time on the clock didn't matter. Yeah, he but had, it does it a race. He had a place he wanted you to finish. Okay. And if over the course of the season you happen to hit a certain time, great. Okay. He, on on whatever the race was, needed you to beat X, Y, and Z. Okay. And so that you would score that number of points. So that you could get enough points. And okay. he would suggest maybe it's probably going to take around this time, but... I mean, I remember setting, you know, marks in, in track season of, I want to get this fast. I want to get this fast. And that wasn't coming from the coach. It was coming from looking around, seeing the other people around me and like, okay, well, I need to beat that guy. He can run this. So I need to run that. Right. But it was all in comparison to other people. Always in comparison to other people. So when I get to college and a lot of the people I was comparing myself to were all American status, Yeah, it was a different comparison mm-hmm. and it got, it got kind of frustrating quickly mm-hmm. so I didn't I didn't run for the team all four years I moved I, I started running for myself well, I stopped running briefly and then started running for myself but I had always run with this comparison to other people so even when I started back up with intramurals I knew the other guys around campus yeah. who were good but weren't on the team mm-hmm. and so then I needed to run fast enough to beat them yeah that's so interesting <laughs> like I didn't have any of that in the beginning of my running journey or even really now. Right. Like that's, that is, I had years of that. And so even when I try and look outside of that, I still always fall back on the competition with everyone around me. So who do you compare yourself to now? There's some local runners that I always recognize and I need to make sure I try and stay in front of them. Okay. You know, we show up at, there's a, there's a big race back, what is it, in April that some of the local triathletes show at Mm -hmm. and they're real fast. And especially if they don't have to come off of a swim and a bike, they are real fast on a 5k. Mm -hmm. I can beat them over the course of a half. They could crush me in a triathlon and the 5k, unless I am really on my game, they can take me. Mm -hmm. So, but I I can also, I recognize most of these guys out there too. Yeah. So it's, it's still a comparison. So I mean, I remember when I lived down in Miami, <laughs> there was like one other guy that I'm like, oh, I got to make sure I can beat that guy. And there was, uh, there was like a three race series that we ran and he beat me in one of them and I won one in the other one. And like, we, we both recognized the other person, mm-hmm. you know, didn't like have this like tough friendship or like train together or anything, but we always recognized each other on the starting line and knew that's the guy. Do you think that 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 point of view is because you're at the top of the local races? I have no idea. Because I was not... Like, if you were kind of in the middle of the pack... That's where I was in high school. If you weren't as fast as you actually are right now, do you think that you would kind of have the same perspective? I mean, that's... When I got into running, I was never the top guy. I was never winning races. Like my senior year as captain of the team, I was number like three, four on my team. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So, I mean, I I was not expected to go out there and win the race. I was expected to go out there and finish, you know, in the competitive ones, put myself in the top 20, 25 places. Really? Yeah. That's the competition you were working with? (laughs) Yeah. Wow. (laughs) Yeah, no, unless you were averaging sub five for your 5k, you were, you were not, not going out there to win the thing. Oh my goodness. That's crazy. I mean, that's just so different than where I came from as you know, I mean, I started running really at the beginning. It was just for fitness It's like to lose weight or to manage my weight or to try to get in shape more for, 
<sighs> vanity, I guess, for, <laughs> than anything else. I mean, <laughs> it, it is what it is, right? I mean, I, mean, I, I kind of hate to say It'd be nice to say, say that you did it for health purposes, but it was probably more vanity. No, totally. Yeah. It was totally vanity. It's not like you're thinking about, like, your heart health and your cholesterol when you're 22 years old. <laughs> you know, that's not what, that's not usually what's running through your head. No. Like, you just want to look better in a bathing suit. Generally. You know, when you go the spr- on the spring break. Spring break's coming. <laughs> the spring break cruise, right? I mean, that's typically what you're going for. And so... That's, but see, even in college, I ran on the treadmill in college, but I would not call myself a runner at all. No, when I was, I was trying to outline this episode and, you know, I put in like a real skeleton of yours because like. Well, people ask me, how long have you been running? And I feel like that's kind of a hard question for me to answer. No, because I, I wrote it down. I'm like, well, this is how you started running. But then there was like your running rebirth. It's well, when you really started calling yourself a runner. But that was super recent. I mean, even... It's when you should have started calling yourself a runner. So, I mean, back in... Just a a little recap on my story. I guess I kind of... I hated running. Like, absolutely hated it in high school because it was always the punishment. I played team sports, volleyball, basketball, and softball. And running was always our punishment. So we had to run when we missed a serve. We had to run suicides in basketball. It was just terrible. And I hated running. So when I had to do it in college... I avoided it at all costs if I if I could. I mean, one of the things that I used to do in college to stay in shape was Tai Bo. Remember Tai Bo? Oh, yeah, Tai Bo. Yeah, Billy Blanks. <laughs> so I would do, like, anything but running, even though there was beautiful paths to run on. And I would go out there sometimes and run, but it wasn't really consistent until I met you. And it was like, oh, he's cute. I think I should start <laughs> running maybe. <laughs> It, it took a while. It was an interesting transition to Right, running. but even even then, I still didn't really run. Like, not until after we graduated when you actually put me in, well, put me in better running, like, put me in actual running in shoes. In actual running shoes. Got you out of cross shoes. trainers. Yeah. And then, um, I mean, that was kind of still running just for vanity and for staying in, in better shape so that I could eat what I wanted <laughs> Yeah, I mean, because even, even after college, then you moved on to grad school, and then you right. were doing, like, intramural sports in college, mm-hmm. and you were st- you would run to be in shape, right. and you would, you would like, you know, the girls in your class would go to the gym and work out, and you would also we go and work together. out. Like, you all just right. went, it was a group activity. Yeah, that's what now, we did. Now your group workout has just moved into a group run. Mm-hmm. Right, and I did that one sprint triathlon when I was in grad school, just because I thought it would be fun. <laughs> Like I, I convinced <laughs> with the giant fat tire. Oh bites. my gosh, that was so bad. But I convinced my friends to do it just because I thought it was something different, something fun. Because running was boring for me, so I thought, well, if I do three things, then that maybe it'll be less boring. I remember you asking me for help on like how to how to get into this. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know, I can't swim, and yeah. I, I I hate riding a bike. Right. I mean, my first half marathon was when Riley was two. So, and even then I still didn't call myself a runner. I just... Right. But by then you were a couple of years into, you should have called yourself a runner. A couple of years, you think? Yeah. 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 But I was still like just kind of running on the treadmill just to stay in shape. And then I start, that's when I started to finally do a couple of 5Ks. This is when you fall into that, that group that so many people categorize themselves. Really? I was already a runner? I mean, I guess I was completely training for a half marathon, but I don't, I wouldn't really call myself a runner. Yeah. Like so many people fall into that category. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Um, so I guess that's when I started, but then after, then, you know, when you become a mom and everything else is about everybody else but yourself, then I... 
I ran, I trained for the half, then I kind of started to like it and I really enjoyed that run and then I got pregnant with our second. Yep. And was super inconsistent for three years after that. Yeah, you were inconsistent, but I even at that time, I think you were a runner. You were just a very inconsistent runner. Okay. Like Yeah, because I still wanted to go out and do You still it. wanted to go out and run. Yeah. Like you didn't go out and run because you felt like you had to go out and run or like you you were trying to lose some mom weight or whatever. Like That was you, part of it. I, that was part of it, but like you also kind of just went out and ran. Right. You know, uh, yeah, you, I guess that's true. You got bit and you, you kept wanting to go out and run. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was very inconsistent. When yeah. You're not sleeping very much and you, there wasn't a race on the schedule. So there wasn't that like driving motivating factor because running was still, you, you fall back onto how you got into running mm-hmm. and. You yeah. Know, it wasn't competitive to me at all. Right. Yeah. You were a very competitive person. So if running wasn't... But running wasn't competitive. Yes. Running was a different outlet for you. Running was exercise for you. And so if you could get in exercise in a different way, you didn't need to go get in that run that day. Right. But I mean, my exercise was still super inconsistent in general, though. It wasn't like I was just doing other things and not running. Yeah. I just wasn't doing (laughs) what I needed to do. Well, yeah. There were... I mean, there were other issues going on there. And then, you know, you finally got to that point where you flipped and... Yeah. And got into it. And that's... Thank goodness. That led us to where we are now. And that did lead us to where we are now. And it's it's very interesting, though, because I've never had that competitiveness with myself or with other people when it comes to running, which is interesting because I'm a super competitive person in general. In, but- like, all areas. <laughs> in all possible areas, except for her own running. <laughs> Unless it's like more, the final 100 meters. Well, it, it depends, yeah. I, I'm getting more so now that I... But see, the the thing is, you know, I when I did finally think of myself as a, a runner, I thought of myself as a slow runner. I thought <laughs> of myself... I still put... I still qualified it. Yes. You know, I still put a qualifier. You know, okay, yeah, I'm a runner. I run, but... There was always a but. Yes. Yes, It's it's been a slow process of you fully accepting the title of runner, mm-hmm. prioritizing yourself, prioritizing your own running, um, which gets us into our own, you know, bit of dilemmas right now is we're both training for the same half marathon mm-hmm. and both of us are trying to prioritize our own running. Mm-hmm. It's the first race that we've both run in the same thing outside other, of like 5Ks. Uh, oh yeah. Other than the school 5K that we do every year. Yeah. Yeah. But, I mean, even that one's kind of like a low-key 5K. It is, and we have a lot of people there that will watch the kids for us, and it's not something that we have to worry about. But this and is the first... I'm never going for a PR on that one. Not usually a PR, but you're usually in it to win it. I, I am in it to win it. I'm generally... I mean, I've, I've now totally accepted the point of I'm in it to not lose to high school kids. Yeah. <laughs> I'm in it to hope that none of the really good high school kids from the area show up. Yeah, this is the first major race that we've ever trained for together. Yeah. Like in terms of like a half. We we take turns. Yes. Yeah, because you train for one and I'll watch the kids and we'll come cheer for you. Because I really love cheering and watching you run the race. I'm kind of bummed that I don't get to see that. It's an out and back course. We'll cheer each other. I'll watch you as you run by me. There you go. (laughs) (laughs) And know that I still have like an hour left. (laughs) I don't know. We'll see. No, less than an hour. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's all, all about where that turnaround hits. Right. So it's interesting, though, because my perspective and your perspective with running are so different. And I do think that a lot of it 
does originate from where we entered this whole running journey. You entered with a very competitive perspective. I entered with just an idea of, you know, calling it a way to to stay in shape or to get in better shape. Right. So you naturally move towards running as a way to be a better version of you, whether it's a a healthier version, a more mentally aware version. That's still healthier. I know, but it's, it's all just under the the broad umbrella of better. And it took me a long time to reach that. Even when I got into coaching, when I first got into coaching, I had some very good initial success with numbers and competition wise. Mm -hmm. Like I was blessed in what my second year coaching with Steph. Yeah. Mm. And off to the state meet and multiple state titles coming in. Like that was phenomenal. And it it wasn't until some years passed that I realized that what made that team so phenomenal was not just the numbers and the fact that they were able to hold up trophies at the end, but it was the, the tight knit the, of that team. It was that they would do anything for each other. They Mm -hmm. all genuinely loved running. They were all still out there running now. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what made that team so good. Yeah. It, it wasn't that they could knock off however many half mile repeats I put on a workout sheet. That was not the point of it. Mm-hmm. You know, there was this just underlying love of each other and running that that got them to places that they probably wouldn't have been able to get to otherwise. Right. So how did that help you with your own running? So it's... And how did your running transform? So it's it started to help me transition over to more where you're at of running is simply trying to just better yourself, which I am 100% nowhere near where you're at. Like That's I can't, so, it's so funny though, because I feel like I'm slowly moving a little bit more towards you. Towards where I'm at. You're, you're looking yeah. more at the clock and I'm trying to look more away from the clock and, and I can't, I mean, I, I can look away <laughs> for it for like a couple of days then I'm like, all right. And how fast was that? Yeah. Like I, I can't, I, I'm I'm a very numbers-based person to begin with, right. and then I'm also very competitive in terms of running, so mm. the, the numbers mean a lot to me. I don't know, about mm, three or four miles into my 10K last weekend, I was asking myself, why am I doing this again? Why, <laughs> like, why am I putting myself through this torture right now? I'm not quite sure. That was, that's why that was such an amazing thing. I mean, you didn't even have a race number on. You were just out there with a watch strapped to your wrist and a GPS and going for your fastest 10K ever. That was rough. And hit it. I did hit it. That was pretty exciting. See, the, see that's the thing that I'm gaining now is, you know, if anybody follows us in the tribe or on Instagram, Last year for me was my year of PRs, which is pretty crazy. I hit a PR in every single distance. Which I don't think last January you you set out to do. Oh, definitely not. I I definitely didn't make that my goal at the beginning of last year. But I'm, I'm very happy that I was able to achieve that this year. But I think that a lot of that is just being a novice runner, though. I just haven't run a lot. And now that I'm just getting in better shape, now I'm just I'm starting to hit faster times. And now that I'm actually training and doing speed work and doing all the things that I need to be doing, my body's just way stronger than it was before. It's a lot different than where you were when you were peaking, you know, at 17, 18, 19 years old when you're young and strong and your body just will do whatever the heck you tell it to do. It's 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 very different, you know, running as an 18-year-old versus running as a 
30 something year old yeah no definitely mom and wife and full-time job all that other thing all the other stuff that goes into it yeah i mean you you have to have a different perspective on it because there's there's a lot more going on yeah when when you're you're a high school kid your running was kind of your life i mean yeah schoolwork was important of course but what did you really love doing it was running and calculus (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Miss Merlina. Still remember how to take a derivative. And there you go. Um, but yeah, I mean that was that was it. There was there was school, and then there was running. And if we had morning practice, then school had to get you had to knock your homework out real quick because you had practice at six o'clock in the morning. Take a shower, go through class, practice again in the afternoon. Yeah. Fall asleep while doing your homework. Wake up, knock it out because you probably have morning practice the next day. Yeah, it's just funny though because you started on a team where the competitiveness was a, a large driving factor of your journey, right? Your entrance into the sport. Yes. I feel like I am now kind of part of a team, like the my running group that I'm a part of, both in the Real Life Runners Tribe that we have on Facebook and then my local running group of women that I run with. They're kind of like my team. We, we are all in this together. We're all here to support each other. We don't all, all run the same exact races all the time. But we do run a lot of races together, a lot of training runs together. But it's just a very different atmosphere. We're all there to support each other and to lift each other up and to help each other reach our own personal goals. But I don't feel that sense of competitiveness like with some of the other girls on in my group. Yeah, it's a different team than I was on. Yeah. Like it's still – it's very much a team right. that you are part of. Yeah. But – you know, in in high school out out here, if the top seven ran varsity, and so when I was a sophomore, I was somewhere between the number six and eight guy on the team, mm-hmm. and so yes, that was my teammate, and I wanted to make sure that everybody was getting as fast as possible, but right. I also needed to beat that guy, yeah, even though he was on my team. I mean, I think there's still some sense of that in even in running groups today. There's that sense of not wanting to be passed like if you are faster than somebody you want to probably stay stay faster, faster than that person than that person i mean there's a lot of people that have a, a little competitive edge to them it's but some people more it's, than others i don't think it's necessarily a bad thing it's it's just a way of keeping yourself accountable yeah no that's a i mean that's probably the most positive way of looking at it that was not <laughs> But it's not I, about, I was not about keeping myself accountable. I right. needed I needed to beat him, and I needed to beat him every single race, or yeah. I would slide back and run on on the sophomore squad. Yeah, see, that's a different that's a different perspective. Like if if some one of the other girls beats me in a race, I, it's not going to change, you know, <laughs> anything in my life. Right. But I feel like okay, if she's pushing herself to that level, I should be pushing myself. That's what it's going to do. That level, it's not going to change anything. It's honestly going to elevate you. Right. Whereas it would it. At the time, it would have been a really bad spot because I was directly comparing myself to them. That's Mm -hmm. why college hit me so hard because I was able to compare myself to teammates and the answer was slower than them. Mm -hmm. Every time the comparison was slower than them, Mm -hmm. which then when I finally started running on my own and I was still comparing to people around me, sometimes it was positive, sometimes it was negative, but it was always that comparison. Mm -hmm. And so now... 
I'm, I'm really trying to come around to this comparison to self, comparison to what is the best that I can possibly do on my own. Yeah. You know, and, and... But I think that when you compare yourself to others, that that does help you figure out a little bit more about yourself and help you understand what you are capable of. I know that this year, a huge reason that I've been able to make the gains that I have obviously it's your amazing coaching but beyond (laughs) that you yell at me every couple of weeks that I'm not prioritizing (laughs) you and figuring out your plan perfectly no no you are doing fine but beyond just that it's the people that I'm running with also I've I've this year run more with people that are faster than me and so when I am putting myself in in that group trying to keep up with those people I am naturally pushing myself because I love those girls so much and I want to be able to run with them so I'm therefore making sure that I'm able to keep up with them yes it's making me push harder and go faster so that I can be in that group yes which which has benefits and negatives to it of as course. long as you make of sure course. you get an appropriate recovery and yes. blah 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 and, and blah, all blah, of blah. that stuff. right because there are the downsides like i can't i can't run every single run with them i don't usually do my easy recovery runs with them but i usually do my speed work with them because it helps me to push outside my comfort zone yes and when i did my 10k last weekend I, I even told one of the girls, you were in, she was in my head because I was, when I was thinking to myself, why am I doing this? This is hard. What's the point of this? It doesn't matter if I stop right now and take a walk. None of that matters, really. And then I heard her in my head telling me that I was capable of more because she tells me that all the time. You have no idea how strong you are. You have no idea how fast you can be, what you are capable of. And you need to just keep pushing and and I heard her in my head and that made me keep going because I knew that she was out there running at the same time Mm -hmm. and that she wouldn't give up because she is just an amazing runner and she can just put herself through crazy amounts of pain and just just gut just gut it out you know and that helped me to then push myself to that point that's so it wasn't really powerful and supportive. I like that you got that amazing cheer from like from your running friend in your head as yeah. you like you're hitting that like dark place in the mm-hmm. 10k because everybody's gonna hit that spot if you yeah. push hard enough you're gonna hit it somewhere around what three to four miles yeah, that was and, where it was. And, and you can get through it and it goes I away was like, hmm, maybe i should turn this into a two by a three mile workout exactly instead of just keep running through here and it's it's there and it's not gonna be there for the next three miles and that's that's you have to get your head around that is just because it goes bad at my mile three, it's not going to be painful for the next full three miles. You just have to get through that tough patch and then you're going to come out the other side. Mm -hmm. And you got this nice supportive voice. I still periodically will hear either my high school or college coach just yelling, faster Brown. And I'm like, okay, I'm trying, trying coach as fast as I can go. Really? Yeah. Dry heaving a little, but this is is what I got today. (laughs) It's interesting. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, because I, I had to keep up. That was that was the job. You had to keep up as best as you possibly could. Mm-hmm. So what's 
so what's the point then of of this episode? What are we trying to get out of this? What are we trying to communicate to people? Well, it's the start of the year. You know, as we as we opened up, people are putting goals and resolutions and things out there, and your resolution has to match up with you and where you are on your journey. Right. You know, I don't even know if you have strong like set goals for this year. I don't. Not not really. Not number wise. Which and, makes complete sense for you on your journey. Yeah, because I was actually talking to my friend about this the other day. We were talking about goals and I said, I don't really even have specific number goals in mind. I have maybe an idea. I want to be faster than I was last year, but to to pick out a specific number in a way would just be arbitrary for me. And we, we talked about that a little bit the last couple of weeks about what those numbers actually mean and how a lot a lot of times those goals are definitely arbitrary. Oh, I mean, all the goals are arbitrary. That's why so many people have goals that end in zeros and fives. Right. You know, the difference between being a, a half marathon runner who can do a 201 versus a 159, that's so close to the same exact person. But it's such a different number. Exactly. And that's why people put, oh, I want to be sub two or I want to be a Boston qualifier, mm-hmm. all these numbers out there. Right. So you don't have number goals. Like Not you really. just you don't and but, I mean but, but they may be kind of somewhere floating in the back of your head but right. it's not a hard fast goal your goal is you want to be in better shape and faster right because I have found over this past year that if I have a hard number in my head that that puts a lot of pressure on me and typically leads to too much performance anxiety and I don't usually perform well which is funny because I perform really well under pressure in a lot of conditions in my life. <laughs> Running is just not one of them. Running's not really one of them. It's tough because it takes such mental capacity to run really hard that if you're already do- dealing with the stress of this like preset number in your mind mm-hmm. that's taking up too much mental capacity and you then can't you don't have the the mental power to get there. Yeah, cuz sometimes I'll be out there running and, and if I'm really trying to push myself in a race I'll say, well, just run faster, just run faster, because a lot of it is mental. A lot of it is just being able to push through. And there is obviously a physical component of it, but being able to mentally just accept the pain and push through that pain is a huge part of it. That's why most people have a finishing kick, Mm -hmm. because you can go faster. You just don't want to. Right. But as soon as that finish line is close enough, and everybody Mm -hmm. starts their kick at a little different spot. Yeah. But if you can see the finish line, you will probably be able to, as best you can, sprint to the finish line. Mm -hmm. You're at least going to pick that pace up a little bit towards the finish line. Right. You know, there's... uh, I forget which cross-country race it is, but it turns right before the finish line. So you can't see the finish until right at the end. And yeah. no one has a finishing kick because it's a blind finish. Yeah. So no one no one kicks. Knowing where the finish line is says, oh, wait, I, I have another gear. I've just been holding it until now. Yeah. And that's why I don't really want to set out like specific numbers because I feel like I want to just see what I'm capable of without being tied down to the pressure of achieving that specific number. Because I feel like I might even do better with that than if I had that number in my head. Yes, because on your running journey, running is just a thing to get you better. Yeah. The the vague, nebulous, better. Mm-hmm. I, on the other hand, have have, have points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have dots on a graph that I want to hit. I think it's interesting, though, because you... The, your origin 
you hit such fast times when you were younger that, I mean, was that your peak? You know, like, did you already kind of peak out? Like, see, I have no idea what my peak is. No. And I feel like I'm still on the upswing. And I'm not saying this to, like, be mean, like, oh, you're already past your peak. But, like, when you start running that young and at that level where you're running for an NCAA Division One team, you know, are you ever going to be able to run that same 5K time? No, I mean, I I physically peaked a decade ago. Like most distance rates generally accepted that in terms of like 5K, 10K, that you physically peak somewhere around your late 20s. Okay. So I peaked on that like a decade ago. Mm-hmm. And I was not training at my optimum at that time. Right. So I I did not achieve my physical best at that time. Mm-hmm. The, well, I didn't either. The question is, and, and this is what I'm, I'm out to, to search for this year, is can I right now at my current age still hit what I hit when I was younger? So for the shorter races, for the shorter races, which makes me have to dive in this year into, um, it's not uncharted territory, but just a, a part that I'm not super friendly with. So why do you, why do you want to focus on some of those shorter races? Well, I want both. I, I want, I was going to say, I thought the marathon was your goal this year. Yeah. I would like to run both my fastest marathon and fastest mile of my life. The mile? Yeah. Holy moly. Yeah, one mile and marathon faster than I've ever done him. Why? Because <laughs> it sounds but, like... But those are so different. Sounds like fun to do in the same year. So we've got half in January, and then I'm going to try and, and hone in my speed during... Well, coaching during track season. That should give me a good spot to kind of work on some speed. And I think if I kind of really work on speed while continuing to keep up my longer distance, that... Being able to run a faster mile will also ha- pay dividends in being able to run a faster full marathon. Wow. Yeah. It's going to ask me to hit some speed that I have not hit in a long time. Wow. Yeah, I know. I'm a little nervous about it, but that's my goal is to run a mile faster than I did when I was 17 and then run a marathon faster than I ever have. That is, some, those are some bold goals. <laughs> but see, that let's edit that part out. Never mind. I don't have any specific goals this year. <laughs> but that's the thing that's so interesting, though, is you have these things to compare to. Whereas I feel like I don't know what I'm capable of yet. Oh, that's a very nice perspective. Right? Yeah, I have numbers that I'm going on. You against. have numbers. Like when you were younger, you were able to hit these incredible numbers. I don't think I know what I'm capable of yet. It's so funny that you keep, keep saying things like incredible. I couldn't even qualify for the state meet. I don't think I even took my mile time and qualified for the section finals because it was really? it was not fast enough. Yeah. I see. I just I always see you as so fast. <laughs> I, I used to just get it handed to me out on the track because four thirty was not not hanging with people. Four thirty. <laughs> yeah. Four minutes and thirty seconds. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah, and I would just get dealt and spit out the back of the pack. So, oh my gosh. Yeah, it should be an interesting year. Wow. Yeah. So, anyway, when setting your goals <laughs> for the coming year, knowing where you come from is very important because you've got this guy over here that has these numbers that he has hit before that he wants to go back to try to beat. And then you have me that 
have I I have numbers, but they're all all the numbers that I've hit have been in the, in the past year. So I really still feel like I am continuing to improve, and I have no idea how fast I might be able to get. And, and there's a lot of really good ladies in their 40s that are super competitive. And I mean, I could get there. Yes. I think. Yes. I don't know how competitive, but let's I look at Dina Castor's times and see where you got. <laughs> let's not go like crazy. <laughs> like, <laughs> like we are still living in reality. <laughs> but it, it's, it's true. But you also have enough experience coaching that you know that you cannot simply PR forever, that at some point you're going to kind of hit a, a plateau of, of points, which is kind of where you're at 5k wise is you've hit that a similar time repeatedly, just three times in a row. And at some point, <laughs> that time is going to get left behind. You're going to have a breakthrough race okay. because you keep putting the training in and then put the training in, put the training in. At some point, you're going to pop through and and run a substantially faster. And you may fall back to the plateau yeah. or you may now have a new level. Mm-hmm. That's that's the question is oh, a lot of people, a lot of people have the what they looks like a breakthrough race and they're like, oh, well, this is where I'm at now. And then... It just, the next time they go out, it falls back and it's right back where they were before. And that was the outlier? It was an outlier. Hmm. So the question is, are you still climbing? And even if, even if you're climbing, you can still have this, this pop to the top and that's the one you still, whether it's an outlier or not, it's still your PR, Mm -hmm. you know? So that's, that's always nice to see. Yeah. So where are you on your running journey? When did you start? Where are you now? Please work out an exact fraction of how much of your life you've been a runner. (laughs) (laughs) Your exact percentage based on days, years, months. Seconds. Down to the second. (laughs) Down to the second. Um, So keep all of those things in mind when you look ahead at your year of 2019. Keep that in mind. Where did you come from? Where are you going? Where do you want to go? Does it make sense with your life and the other goals that you have in your life outside of running and the things that, you know, the place that you are in your life with your family and your job and all of that does, do your goals for running make sense when you take all of that into consideration? Exactly. Because that, that falls in with my goals is I have these physical running goals that I want to hit, but at the same time, I don't want to start losing more sleep and take time away from my family. Right. So I have to figure out how to put it all together. Mm-hmm. You know, where you're at in your life and all of your, your overall life priorities all need to come together with these goals. Right. For sure. Nice. All right. So I think we need to wrap it up there, Kev, because it is the night before we're supposed to get this thing published it's wednesday night and we're releasing this on first thing thursday morning so i'm gonna go ahead and edit this perfect get it uploaded so that you guys can all listen to it on thursday um but happy new year happy new year guys (laughs) thank you so much for listening to this episode and every episode that you've downloaded and any episode that you've shared with friends thank you so much if you have a second please leave us a review in itunes and check out our show notes over at realliferunners.com. You can also find our coaching programs there and anything else that you might need. We've got some great resources over there. If you want some strength training ideas to add into your routine this year, if you want some speed work to add into your routine this year, we've got some free downloads for you over on the website. So go check it out at realliferunners.com. 
send us an email if you have any questions. We'd be happy to help you out with anything that you've got. And again, thank you for listening. And if you if you want to know also about our um, Key West Half Marathon and the contest that we've got going for the the free shirts and free race entries, you can all check that all out over on the website, realliferunners.com. Click on podcast and go into the episode. This is episode number 69, and the information for that contest will be in there. Perfect. I think that covers everything. Yeah. All right. Let's wrap it up then. Thank you guys for joining us, and we'll catch you next week. 